$60 million a month for public relief. Pay it out. If it'll sweep the hobos off the streets, one-seventh of the population of the United States on welfare. Fine, as long as it ends our misery. A nation as desperate as this is a danger to itself. Resolved, unemployment relief should be ended when the Depression ends. I traveled back through history to 1536, when the first poor laws of England were mandated. In those days, the dole, or welfare as we call it, was funded by voluntary contributions. But as time passed, the English devised the allowance system, the first unemployment relief. Only now it was paid with involuntary contributions, more commonly known as taxes. <laughs> the allowance system was a disaster. The only real unemployment relief is to give a man a job. But to do that, you have to give the economy life, not tax it to death. clip from 2007 movie uh, The Great Debaters which actually chronicles an actual uh, high school debate team led by uh, uh, Denzel Washington uh, a bunch a uh, primarily black high school setting up a debate team to go to Harvard University and debate other high schools and you can hear their arguments about how the economy works and how unemployment works and what a danger it is for the for the government to just throw giant, giant chunks of cash at it. And, and in 1935, they understood all this stuff, but today we're still having the same debates because our politicians, they don't see things as clear. It just, you know, I, I heard that, heard that again. I said, man, that's, that's so, that's so pertinent to what we're seeing the government do right now. Anything we can do to give stuff for free, kind of what Obama did, Anything we can do to give stuff away for free and destroy anything that Trump did to make our our uh, country um, prosperous and uh, create employment and create energy independence and create security. Anything we can do, it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not or if it's good for anybody. But if Trump did it, we got to just cancel it at the expense of our of our citizens. Um, that song was ACDC, Dirty Deeds done, done Dirt Cheap, because you're seeing a lot of dirty deeds that are going on. And if you don't notice them, 
We're going to talk about him in the second half today. So uh, anyway, uh, before I go on uh, to everything that's going on, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities because there's fantastic interest rates. If you want to get involved, if you want to get involved with any of those, whether it's to refinance a house you already own or to purchase a house that you'd like to own or to get involved in one of those uh, reverse mortgage things that all the seniors are talking about, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, but you don't want to talk on the phone because it's so personal, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. It'll take you to my lending page. You can put all the information you want me to have, and you'll tell us how much information you want back. You'll hear from myself or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if there's any part of the show you want repeated, you can get the uh, podcast page on nhoffman.net. You can also get the podcast on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, or I guess it's now called Apple Podcasts, and you can uh, have it and you can subscribe for, for, for free actually have it download every every week when we upload it on Friday it'll download to your device whether that's your uh, your computer or your iPhone or your iWatch or your iPad or your iPod or your mini pad or your maxi pad or uh, I guess you can get on Droid as well um, and it'll download uh, for free and you could uh, listen to it on demand whenever it's convenient for you um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman where I tweet about current events all week long and also uh, uh, the Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And everywhere else on uh, on social media, all the new places, I'm at Big Ed Hoffman. And if uh, you want to leave a comment on the show, email me at Ed Hoffman, ed at edhoffman.net, ed at edhoffman.net, um, or fill out the contact form on edhoffman.net, which a lot of you have been uh, doing lately. So uh, before I go on, I also have uh, with me on the show today, Mr. Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes in Rialto and Redlands. Scotty, welcome back. Yo, back in the house, Ed. So uh, uh, we lost we lost a great one this week. Um, yeah, we did, Mr. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, the Excellence in Broadcasting Network that uh, has been on, basically started started uh, talk radio. Yeah, amazing, amazing guy. And I often think, you know, it's weird because you hear about people, you know, very famous people when they die, and but but in the case when I heard Rush Limbaugh died, I got chills. I literally got chills. It's like wow. I mean. Talk about a leader in the conservative movement. I mean, I don't know if this, this guy's pretty much irreplaceable and let's face it. I, I think if it wasn't for Rush Limbaugh, I don't think you and I would be doing this right now, Ed. I would agree with that. And, um, you know, somebody asked uh, president Trump if he would go on and do that. And Trump being the smart guy he is, uh, said, no, nah, you know, how do you, how do you follow up Rush Limbaugh? Anybody who tries to, to, uh, follow up, Anybody who tries to come on after Rush and try to replace him, all they're going to talk about is how this guy's not as good as Rush because Rush was too too great of an act to follow. I don't know. I don't know anyone who could who could follow him. And you know, Rush. I can remember in the in the mid '80s when he started and listening to him, he made so much he made so much common sense, and he didn't wait to hear somebody else's comment. And then repeat repeat their comments. He had his vision of how how things worked in the in politics and how things worked in the in the country and the conservative movement, uh, how it needs to be. And he he talked on it and he talked from the heart. And uh, uh, you know, I know that he had notes when he'd do his three hours, but his notes were 
hey, here's a, here's a story that we need to deal with, and here's this, and here's that, and uh, and he would just like read stories and and go on. So I don't know that. Um, I don't. I just don't know who else could who else could do something like that. Well, and I don't know either. I was going to say, for the times that I filled in for you on the air when I do this show for an hour, it's like, I don't know how Rush Limbaugh does this for three hours, you know? Exactly. And yeah, not only that, but the influence that this guy's had on our country, you, you can't even calculate it. I mean, I know that um, somebody mentioned Andrew Breitbart was a, a liberal Democrat before he heard Rush Limbaugh on the air. And you, you can see the influence that Breitbart has, you know, God rest his soul, uh, up until this day. And think of the thousands and that perhaps millions of people that have been influenced politically by Rush Limbaugh. And I know something Dennis Prager said, uh, the reason that uh, Democrats, that liberals, uh, that hard, or should we just call them leftist fascists anymore, don't want conservatives to speak on college campuses is because exposure to five minutes of an articulate conservative can undo years worth of liberal indoctrination in, in colleges and universities. So I think, you know, the fact that Rush was allowed to operate and, and, and has done so much good and has influenced everybody, including you and me. I mean, we've all exactly. heard him. We've all been influenced by his by his thoughts. And um, so rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh, amazing human being. Yes, he was. Um, yeah, just his his whole hey, just saw things saw things clear, and he's one of those. He was one of those guys like uh, Dinesh D'Souza that that not only sees what we see, but he has just a, such an articulate way of of uh, expressing it and and making making it so understandable for the people that that you know may not may not catch on. I mean, I, that's everybody in California. It seems like these days is is you know they they hear they hear what's going on and they and they believe what's going on in cnn and you know that you know that half the people in half the people probably all the people in washington dc know damn well that the election was stolen they know that the it wasn't trump supporters that started all this all this ruckus in in uh in washington dc and on the six they know that they know what's really going on, but they're all, they're all coordinating their comments so that they steer the, the, um, the message. So, I mean, that's the reason that you hear, hear all the Democrats, no matter who it is and what, and whether, whether they're on a show or on the radio or making comments on Fox or making comments on CNN or PMS, NBC, or they're all using the same phrases every week. So I suspect, and I've said this a million times that, Nancy Pelosi has her conference call with everybody and says, this is the word that we're going to be using this week. So, yep. Uh, Rush Limbaugh. This week's word is insurrection. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, in, uh, what, what did they call it? They, they said he, uh, uh, he incited incitement of insurrection. So, you know, most people, you know, people don't use those words all the time and all of a sudden everybody's using the same words. So while we're on the incitement of insurrection, let's talk about uh, what we saw happen last weekend. So we record on on Friday, and then all the all the stuff uh, happened on Saturday. As predicted, Donald Trump was acquitted by the Senate uh, in a second uh, impeachment trial in a rare weekend session. You know, the the Congress doesn't really like to work on the weekends, but they did last weekend. Uh, so last Saturday, the Senate vote was fifty-seven to forty-three to acquit Trump. So it was fifty-seven. 57 to convict, 43 to acquit um, for the charge of incitement, but they needed 67 to actually make it go through. And they were 10, 10 votes short of that, of the two thirds required uh, by the Constitution. 17 Republicans uh, 
votes were needed to for the conviction to go through. Uh, Democrats only got seven. The seven turncoats that turned on were three of them were the usual suspects. Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Mitt Romney of Utah. I can't believe that this guy ran for president, and I actually supported him because um, you can see he's clearly a turncoat. Uh, the other four were Richard Burr of North Carolina, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Ben Sass of Nebraska, and Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. I guess uh, we'll see what happens in the next in the next two election cycles. How much? How many of these people uh, are held accountable for this by the voters? Yeah, and this almost goes without saying. These people need to be primary the hell out of there. Uh, with people like this, who needs Democrats? I mean, it almost is like you scratch your head and you go, "Huh." I mean, really, I, I just I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, you know, they, they need to be gone and they need to be gone now. And I hope that these individual states, I mean, even in uh, I know Mormons uh, that are friends of mine, they can't stand Mitt Romney. They hate Mitt Romney for what he's doing. And, and all these people, they're just I, I don't know. I, I can't even I can't even explain it, Ed. Yeah. So the people the people that voted for this um, need to be on the on the hit list in addition to the. Uh, the 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 few even even Republicans that I like that that voted to certify the election on January 6th because they got scared they got scared by all the all the chaos and they just rolled over on on what they're there for hey wait you were strongly against this you knew that this was a fraud fraudulent election but it was getting late and I was tired and it was scary out there so I just voted to con- to go ahead and go with it you know what if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And, you know, I, I think specifically of, of uh, Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee um, that that just she was so strong. She's always so strong supporter of uh, of Trump. And what did she do? She just rolled over and OK, I'll vote to certify. So. Uh, those all people, all people have to be on the on the do not reelect list because we need people that are strong, that stand for something that will. That will actually uh, represent us to the core, all the way to all the way to hey, you know, it doesn't matter what's popular, it doesn't matter what my party leadership is. I have to represent based on what's right. I have to answer to God at some point, and I'm and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go go against that. Uh, most of the attention was uh, most of the attention was on uh, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh, the turtle. Uh, McConnell voted to acquit Trump for the following reason after. After intense, intense, after intense, intense study, I concluded that Article 2, Section 4 limits impeachment to the conviction to current officers, he wrote. But McConnell tried to say, have it both ways, giving a 20-minute speech on the Senate floor Saturday afternoon uh, to state the rest of his opinion. January 6th was a disgrace. American citizens attacked their own government. They used terrorism to try to stop a specific piece of domestic business they did not like. They did this because they'd been fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on earth. Because he was angry, he lost an election. There's no question, none, that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. No question about it. The people who stormed this building believed they were acting on the wishes 
and instructions of their president. Yeah, he spread those falsehoods that that uh, about the election being fraudulent. He lost. I just don't buy that crap. I don't care what I don't care what is popular and whether you don't want to uh, you don't want to make mad the new administration coming in. It was clearly obvious they didn't get to, to make their case. And I hear I hear that maybe the, the cases against uh, that uh, Sidney Powell and Lynn Woods um, are still bringing up are actually going to be heard by the uh, by the Supreme Court. Um, I don't know what good that that will do, but I'm hoping if if they actually if the Supreme Court actually rules on something being unconstitutional, then instead of going out, well, this is how it's always been done and he's already inaugurated, it's too late, that they actually go go through and, and, and change some things and remove the fraud in our government. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing about these comments about what happened to January 6th, like it was the worst thing that ever happened to this country. I mean, let's talk about the cities that were burned to the ground uh, throughout the United States in the summer. Let's talk about the fact that in Wisconsin, uh, those those hordes took over the Capitol in Wisconsin and occupied it for, what, weeks? I mean, they were there forever when Scott Walker was the governor. Nobody talks about that as an act of terrorism. You know, this whole thing, like it was the worst thing that ever happened. The worst thing that happened, Mitch, was that four Trump supporters died, including the security guard, that a that an unarmed uh, army veteran, uh, military veteran was shot to death. Nobody's talking about that. We don't hear any charges being brought up against the guard that shot her. Uh, nothing. And yet, it, but it, but it's it's all hell breaks loose. If an unarmed black guy gets shot by a police officer in some city and they go riot for for days and weeks. So I'm tired of hearing about this, Ed, like it was the worst thing that ever happened. It wasn't. It wasn't. People are ticked. We lost the we, no. We got cheated out of an election. So people can be a little bit upset, especially with what's coming, what's going on right now. I mean, we're, we're, we're drifting towards this North Korean style of government. Uh, where people are being locked up in jail for no reason whatsoever. So, yeah, we're a little bit upset, Mitch. Yeah, and what's interesting to me now is that uh, apparently uh, last couple of days they they fired five Capitol Police officers because they uh, they escorted some of the Trump supporters out there or took selfies with them. I'm just wondering when those guys are going to come out and, and tell everybody what they really know what they really know about what really happened in uh, on January 6th at the Capitol. And I'm just hoping that they, they, they belly up to the bar and, and they don't uh, get threatened by, uh, by the Biden administration. If you talk, you're just going to be a bag of bones in the middle of the desert. So uh, here's the part where McConnell se- seems to suggest that s- states and local jurisdictions should bring criminal charges or civil suits against the former president. President Trump is still liable for everything he did while he was in office. Unless the statute of limitations is run, still liable for everything he did while he's in office. Didn't get away with anything yet. Yeah. Amazing. We have a criminal justice system in this country. We have civil litigation. And former presidents are not immune from being accountable by either one. Yeah, I don't understand this at all. I don't know. I don't think Mitch McConnell understands just how popular President Trump is, uh, you know, and, and to, to what, what's the motive for doing this now? What, why would you, why would you come out and, and backstab the president basically now? What, what's his motive? I can't I can't you know, maybe he maybe he thinks uh, some of his friends want to run for president. And they know if if Trump runs in 2024 that they're going to lose. Um, I don't know what his, I don't know what his motive is. Uh, McConnell has to be like 
90 years old, maybe 110 years old. I can't imagine he's got a long, a long career ahead of him. Um, I'm not really sure what his motive is. But Trump fired back at McConnell on Monday with a lengthy statement. I'll read a, I'll read a, a bridged version of it. The Republican Party can never, never again be respected or as strong with the political leaders like Senator Mitch McConnell at its helm. McConnell's dedication to a business as usual, status quo policies, together with his lack of political insight, wisdom, skill, and personality, that's for sure, has rapidly driven him from majority leader to minority leader, and it will only get worse. The Democrats and Chuck Schumer play McConnell like a fiddle. They've never had it so good, and they want to keep it that way. We know our America first agenda agenda is a winner, not McConnell's beltway first agenda or Biden's America last. My only regret is that McConnell begged for my strong support and endorsement before the great people of Kentucky in 2020 election, and I gave it to him. He went from one point down to 20 points up and won. How quickly he forgets without my endorsement, McConnell would have lost and lost badly. Now his numbers are lower than ever. He is destroying the Republican side of the Senate and in doing so seriously hurting our country. Mitch is a dour, sullen, unsmiling political hack. And if the Republican senators are going to stay with him, they will not win again. He will never do what needs to be done or what is right for our country. Where necessary and appropriate, I will back primary rivals to, uh, to espouse making America great again and our policy of America first. We want brilliant, strong, thoughtful, and compassionate leadership. Prior to the pandemic, we produced the greatest economy and jobs numbers in the history of our country. And likewise, our economic recovery after COVID was the best in the world. We cut taxes and regulations, rebuilt our military, took care of our vets, and became energy independent, built the wall, and stopped the massive flow of illegals into our country. And so much more. Now, that Biden's in there. Illegals are pouring in. Pipelines are being stopped. Taxes will be going up and we will no longer be energy dependent. This is a big moment for our country and we cannot let it pass by using third rate leaders to dictate our future. I thought it was strong. I thought it was strong and I thought it was all Trump. And I thought, uh, uh, I thought he's exactly right. We can't let this pass. No, for sure. And and to say that Mitch McConnell is one of the most uninspiring people on the planet, I think, is an understatement. What we need, we do need strong leaders. We need courageous leaders, people that won't back down. Uh, so if you think Democrats love Mitch McConnell now, think again. Nancy Pelosi released a statement on Saturday, also about an hour after McConnell got off, uh, said that McConnell delayed the trial while Trump was still in office by not bringing the Senate back until January 19th, the day before Trump was to leave the White House. It's so pathetic that Senator McConnell kept the Senate shut down so the Senate could not re- receive the article of impeachment and has used that as his excuse for not voting to convict Donald Trump, Pelosi said. My biggest, my biggest concern was on Saturday morning they voted to bring on, on uh, witnesses, which I know would have delayed this thing for a month or two, um, but that was the opportunity that that the Republicans had to put Pelosi on the stand and at last expose everything that's going wrong. And they wimped out at that. They, they let it, they let it go on. They made a deal with them. Ah, let's just get this over with the Democrats. Don't really on second thought. They don't want witnesses. They just want, they don't want Nancy Pelosi in front of the, in front of the, uh, in, in front of the, the microphone under oath in front of the TV cameras. So let, let's not do that. You know, they might find out that, Pelosi was the one that said no to more security for January 6th, and who knows that she might have helped coordinate the whole attack to begin with. 
Hey, anyway, we're all out of time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, sports, and commercials. And we'll be right back with lots more stuff. with Summit Funding. I don't talk about uh, real estate and financing on the radio very often, uh, primarily because if you're not in the market or if you're not sure you're in the market, um, it may not, may not be as interesting as talking about the stuff that, that uh, affects us every single day, uh, politics. And uh, But if you are, or if you think you are, or you'd like to know just in case you are, uh, if you want some help on uh, on. Uh, refinancing a piece of property that you own, getting a reverse mortgage or purchasing a house you'd like to own, uh, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo and do the the computer thing. So uh, first half, we talked about uh, the failed impeachment attempt last weekend and everybody's reaction to it. Um, I thought it was a bunch of pathetic... uh, uh, a bunch of pathetic, you know, nobody's committed to one way or the other. The Democrats don't know, don't have any reason to, to push it forward. And the Republicans don't have any spine to, to stop it and stand and stand tall about it. And to not uh, to re- mention, but a, not to mention, but a complete, complete waste of time and money, Ed complete. Yeah. But a, a complete time, waste of time and money. And that's a billion dollars a year in payroll just for the 435, uh, uh, Congress people and the hundred and the hundred senators, not including their staffs, that's a billion dollars a year or their expense accounts. But when they had the opportunity to the, you know, the, some, uh, some, uh, Republican, uh, Congress person came forward, said she heard the, uh, she heard the conversation that, uh, that, uh, Kevin McCarthy was having with Trump on the six. When he said, hey, tell these people to back off. And he, and he said, hey, I can't do anything. It's Antifa. It's not our people. And, um, and so she made, that, she made that comment. She made that comment on, uh, uh, to, to one of the Democrats. Democrats wanted to bring her on the stand. And, okay, well, if you're going to bring uh, her on the stand, we have, to, we have to be able to bring on witnesses. And as the uh, – and as – they they voted voted for uh, they voted and the Repu- and the Democrats won. Even Lindsey Lindsey Graham after after voting no to it, he changed his vote to yes because hey this might be a good idea because then we get to bring on all the players and make them testify as to what was really going on. They weren't committed to that because sometimes you know they took a half hour break and when they came back um, when they came back they made a deal oh we're not going to bring on witnesses oh wait you had it. It was all voted to. You guys voted it in. Now let's hold their feet to the fire and let's bring on the all the uh, all the primary players and make them make them uh, perjure themselves or let them or let them uh, tell the truth and we'll know everything that's going on. But they didn't have the spine to stand up to it. Uh, I, while I don't want to see all the waste of time, basically basically anything the government does now since the Democrats have control of it is all a waste of time. And uh, you know if they're if they're not. If they're not legislating something to destroy our country, then that's a good thing. So, uh, so let's talk about 
Democrats lie and old people die. Let's talk about New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who is now under FBI investigation after it was revealed that his coronavirus task force mishandled nursing homes and long-term care facilities during the pandemic. But, you know, we all knew this. We knew this because it was it was it was obvious. Uh, we talked about it on our show um, in April, I think. So here's what exactly did that. Here's exactly what Cuomo did wrong. Here's the, you know, here, here's all the details. So in March of 2020, when we were all being lectured about keeping our elderly and loved ones safe from the coronavirus, Cuomo's New York State Health Department issued an order telling nursing homes that they must accept residents uh, who were who were discharged from hospitals, including people who tested positive for COVID. So the order was rescinded two months later, but that was enough time to make COVID deaths skyrocket in nursing homes throughout New York. In July, the health department released a report that sought to absolve the state of all blame. Um, the report concluded most of the patients sent back to nursing homes were no longer contagious when they were admitted. And therefore the virus was actually spread by employees who didn't know they had the virus yet. I had to call BS on that. Cause how could they know? How could they know? We didn't know anything that's going on. On we, everybody didn't know what they what they didn't know. But somehow, when it comes down to pointing blame at, at a Cuomo for, hey, you don't know what's going on, so err on the on the err on the side of of safety. Um, don't assume anything. Now that now that you're they're calling calling you on the carpet. Oh well, they weren't they weren't contagious. How do you know they weren't? But when these old people were dying left and right in New York, Joe Biden was saying this about Andrew Cuomo. I think he's, he's sort of the gold standard. So I think he's doing a hell of a job. I think he's doing an incredible job. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's briefings are a lesson in leadership. Uh, Biden is such a, such a great uh, character, character judge on, on a, who's doing a great job. He doesn't, even know what, he doesn't even know what job he does. He doesn't even know what job he does himself. But, you know, apparently there's so many Americans that think he's doing a better job than uh than trump then he would do a better do- job than trump and i just don't buy that either you know the, the big question from all of this and i still i mean look i realize that there's a lot of incompetent democrat politicians out there but this was so beyond common sense of why you would do something like this why you would put COVID positive people amongst the most vulnerable in our society it just it doesn't make any sense ed it doesn't make any sense and i think and, at the t- I think at the time, maybe they were saying, hey, you know, there's not enough room in the hospitals for this. But Trump converted the Javits Center into a big hospital. He brought in the 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 mercy ship or the comfort. Um, and they and New York hardly even used those things. But he put them back in in uh, nursing homes that they weren't prepared to take care of these people and put them amongst all the most vulnerable, vulnerable, uh, uh, the vulnerable class of people, people in their 80s. So last week, the New York Post reported Cuomo's secretary, uh, Melissa DeRosa, admitted to a cover-up in a private video conference. DeRosa said Cuomo's office had ignored a legislative request for an updated COVID nursing home death count. The reason she said that was, quote, right around the same time, Trump started tweeting that we killed everyone in nursing homes. When the Department of Justice also asked for an updated numbers uh, from New York, DeRosa said, basically, we froze. We weren't sure if it was going to be used against us. Well, is that a reason to not tell the truth? Because it's going to be used against you. The truth is still the truth. So, I wonder if she still they, has her job. 
<laughs> you know, I, I would work in not. I would probably not. not. Because everybody who doesn't who doesn't go along with the Biden administration or the anybody who's supporting the Biden's narrative uh, suddenly gets canceled. So uh, so both times they covered it up by reporting less than 9000 covid nursing home deaths when there were actually more than 13000. Here's how it worked. If someone was taken from a nursing home to a hospital and died there, they were not counted as nursing home death uh, because they already had covid. Uh, but said Governor Cuomo, who cares? A third of all deaths in this nation are from nursing homes. New York State, we're only about 28% only. But we're below the national average in number of deaths in nursing homes. But who cares? 33, 28, died in a hospital, died in a nursing home. They died. Yeah, well, old people die. You know what? That's his, that's his, that's his take today. But I was saying this back in March of last year. Hey, the March, maybe April, after we started seeing statistics that the average lifespan in this country is 78 years old. And the majority of people that were dying were of COVID were over 80. So was there a reason to shut down the whole economy? They probably should have said, hey, uh, we're going to we're going to be extra careful in nursing homes. We're going to tell everybody who's overweight, has immuno disorders that has uh, uh, that are that are uh, immunocompromised, has high blood pressure, has asthma and is in their 70s, 80s or higher. You should be more careful and make sure everybody has responsible to be more careful. And the kids could be in school, not being depressed, committing suicide. They'd be in school with their friends. They'd be learning. They'd be, you know, businesses would still be intact, but that gets rid of, but how I see it is if they did that, then there's no reason to have mail-in voting. Right. Well, not only mail-in voting, Trump's still there. Sure. Well, not only that, but you don't quarantine healthy people. And coming back to the governor, look, here's a message for New York. You can recall your governor too, because we're about to do that. And by the way, on a side note, if you haven't signed the petition, please sign the petition to recall this governor. They may already have enough signatures, but we want certainly more than enough. This governor is gone, and that's going to send a political shockwave through the rest of the United States. But coming back to New York, you can recall this guy, and I hope New York does. Yeah, and especially because uh, when when Newsom goes, Newsom is Nancy Pelosi's nephew. So do you see anything here that looks like... uh... Looks like, uh, you know, England, you know, you, you one guy gets out and his son gets it. Uh, I just don't think that works. Um, so Cuomo said a lot of strange things this week, but here's the part where he implied that his failure as governor is actually Trump's fault. The void in information that we created started misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories, and now people have to hear that. And they don't know what is the truth. The truth is everybody did everything they could. Is the environment toxic politically? Yes. Was this happening last year with this toxic political environment? Yes. Do I think that's part of the conspiracy theories that filled the void? Yes. 
You know, Ed, I think one of the interesting things about this is that there's actually Democrats that are turning on Cuomo, and that's rather interesting. They do, by the way, always eat their own, and that seems to be a pattern with all these socialist um, uh, regimes, is they do eat their own eventually. But it is kind of curious that Democrats are actually starting to turn against this guy as well, which really, I mean, once that happens, it's pretty much over. I would think. I would think. And, you know, uh, you know, hey, we were getting misinformation. People didn't know what they didn't know back then. And that's what that's what Trump was saying. Hey, you know, let's let's use some common sense. Uh, hydroxychloroquine seems to be uh, doing some great things in uh, uh, in French studies. And, and let's try that. That's that's a drug we all know. And of course, anything that Trump said, oh, no, wait, the medical people are are going to say, hey, if, if a doctor prescribes it for that, you're going to lose your medical license. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Just whatever Trump said was bad because they had to play politics because it's an election year. And of course, um, probably, probably if it wasn't an election year, um, we wouldn't have actually uh, uh, allowed China to have spread the virus that they did. Not that, not that the United States or the Democrats or Tony Fauci had any involvement in that, but sure seems logical. Um, so now we have, so now we have a vaccine and Democrats are lying about that now. In this Axios interview on Sunday, Kamala Harris uh, says the new new administration has to start from scratch because Trump did nothing on vaccines. There was no national strategy or plan for vaccinations. In many ways, we are com- we're starting from scratch on something that's been raging for almost an entire year. Yeah, I remember when uh, when everyone was saying it's going to take five years to get a vaccine, and that. Trump was going to do it in his uh, in his Operation Warp Speed that that pushed all the all the drug companies and funded them to put this in in super high gear to come up with a vaccine. And then he even said at the first uh, debate, "Hey, we're going to have this vaccine out before the end of the year. We're going to be have a hundred million people uh, uh, vaccinated before the end of the year." And blah blah blah. And uh, and they said, "Oh." can't be done. You're all full of it. And even if, even if it came out, I wouldn't take it because I don't trust president Trump. Now he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. They're rewriting history. Ed. They're rewriting history. And I did talk to um, a physician who basically said, look, unless the fact that Trump fast tracked this whole thing and put government money behind it to get this thing out a lot quicker, it would have never happened that soon. It would have never private private companies would not have invested that kind of money in this. So the fact that Trump did it's 100 percent Trump's to, to his credit that we got a vaccine this soon. Yeah, but remember, all the all the people that don't pay that close of attention are hearing hearing uh, Harris and hearing uh, Biden and and they're hearing all the lies and you're hearing CNN and PMS, NBC uh, put out this narrative and the young people hear it and the young people can vote now. And so they're uh, they're just being fed a line of BS. And if you're not paying attention, you don't you don't realize. And that's their that is their uh, their whole motive here is keep the keep the the narrative to what they want people to think because they know most people aren't that smart to really pay attention. And this directly contradicts what the Lord God of coronavirus, Dr. Tony Fauci, said just a few weeks ago when he admitted that Trump administration had the vaccines off to a good start. Is the Biden administration starting from scratch with the vaccine distribution effort or are you picking up where the Trump administration left off? No, I mean, um we certainly are not starting from scratch because there is activity going on in the distribution. We're coming in with fresh ideas, but also some ideas that were not bad ideas with the, with the, with the previous administration. You can't say it was absolutely not usable at all. 
Yeah, it's notice how we didn't want to use the word Trump administration, Ed. Yeah, because it's just the previous administration. They don't want to give Trump Trump anything. You know, it's really, it's really, it's really nauseating to me to watch this and to hear a, a guy who came in, didn't need to be there, wasn't power hungry, wasn't part of the uh the wasn't part of the uh of the political swamp, comes in gives up four years of his life, five years of his life and uh, says, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to show everybody how this can be done. Kind of similar to what he did with uh, the, the ice skating rink in New York city. Uh, if you've read his, uh, his uh, art of the deal. Um, hey, you see the government trying to fix ice skating rink and spending gazillion dollars in three years. And he just say, Hey, you know what? I see this from my office window. I know I could do this better. You guys don't know how to, how to get anything done. I'll take over the project and, and I'll do it under this budget and I'll do it in this window. And he goes, Hmm, I don't know anything about ice skating rinks, but you know who does the people in Canada. So he called the people in Canada, the, the hockey capital of the, of the world and say, come down and, and uh, give us some advice on how this thing works. And you know what the best way to fix this is. He got the advice. He hired the people, put them in there and it was done in, in a few months and uh, way under budget. And that's the kind of guy Trump is. Hey, he's a problem solver. He sees something that's not going right. Hey, I know I could do that better. And I mean, that's how how we started our our uh, our previous uh, uh, WCC Charities Company, uh, our nonprofit to to raise money for for vets. Was well, I just saw? Hey, went to a couple of fundraisers, and I said, Hey, these guys here have us all out of our offices all day long, and we've all put in a bunch of money. And at the end of the day, they gave two thousand dollars to the charity. And I'm going. I would have rather just written a written a check for two thousand bucks and had all my people working all that day. And if you're going to do a fundraiser, do it right, do it big, and focus on what you're trying to do. And uh, and I admire I admire Trump for that because he's a problem solver. He's a he's a he's a uh, break through the break through uh, through barriers. And hey, there's a logical way to do this. And how how it's always been done isn't usually the right, the right way to do it. So now Biden is himself is contradicting Fauci by claiming there was no vaccine at all before he took office, even though they actually had the vaccine and they actually injected it into his arm before he took office, which everyone knows is a lie because the healthcare workers were getting the shot before inauguration day. This is from Biden's town hall with Anderson Cooper on Wednesday. If you remember when you and I, no, I shouldn't say it that way as you remember, but when you and I talked last, we talked about it's one thing to have the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office, but a vaccinator. How do you get the vaccine into someone's arm? So you need the paraphernalia, you need the needle, you need the mechanisms to be able to get it in. You have to have people who can inject it in people's arms. Wow. Yeah, those are called nurses, by the way, you know, Joe. And by the way, in, in all fairness for Joe, he just doesn't remember that there was a vaccination before he assumed office, you know, because that's what happened with Alzheimer's. Yeah, he's he doesn't remember having, getting it himself. He doesn't remember. He doesn't still feel the needle in his arm. And uh, and when he was there, he thought he might have been getting a vitamin shot or something. He doesn't really know. And, you know, and I've said this before, Ed, most most presidents are being followed around by the Secret Service. Joe Biden is being followed around by visiting angels. <laughs> That's correct. That is correct. So uh, let's uh, we got about five minutes left. So let's talk about let's talk about uh, some Hunter Biden fun. Uh, remember what oh, yeah. a big deal it was that the Trump kids had outside business interests while while acting as as his surrogates. As predicted, the Biden administration is doing the exact same thing. Let's start with Hunter Biden. He has a book deal. Of course he does. 
and the the memoir published by Simon and Schuster. Wait, who is the who is the who is the senator that voted against uh, against um, certifying the Arizona the Arizona uh, votes? And he had a book deal too, but it got a uh, but it got canceled as soon as uh, he voted against certifying the Arizona election. Josh Hawley was the guy. So he had a book deal too, but they canceled his because he voted to not certify uh, Arizona. But Hunter Biden, pillar of strength in the community, the the angelic, honest person he is, he has a book deal. Uh, it's coming out April 6th. It's called Beautiful Things. Is he talking about strippers? <laughs> Here's something... I stole one from you. Here's something curious. Hunter secured the book deal in 2019. So why are we just hearing about it? Hmm, I wonder. Now that the election's over, Joe's free to talk and cry about it. His son's book. You know, I'll bet there's not a family you know that doesn't have somebody in the family that had a drug problem or an alcohol problem. But the honesty with which he stepped forward and talked about the problem and the hope that it gave me hope reading it. I mean, it was like, my boy's back. You know what I mean? He's Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry to get so personal. Oh, he's, he's back, Ed. He's back. He, he took millions from China and now and Ukraine, and he's back, Ed. And he's sharing it with me. Oh, yeah. 10% or 50%, depending on the He's back, and he brought the cash with him. <laughs> and, he's, and, he, and, and the honesty, and the honesty with which he, he dealt with it, just like he did with the pregnancy of that stripper that he knocked up. He's so honest. He just stepped all those, right up and took care of it. He did, and all those indecent videos of him with a Ukrainian girl on his laptop. He's back, and she's not... <laughs> And the Ukrainian girl was what? Uh, I don't know, underage. I, this was some of the videos that I think it was Daily Caller oh, put out there. Uh, I know, just, I know. I just wondered if you were going to. I just wondered if you if you're going to try and uh, talk about what the Ukrainian girl was the details, doing. Well, she was doing things with her feet, and that's about as much as I can say. I've never seen that done to somebody with their feet before either. Not something I would want done to me, by the way. In case you know you screwed that up, and I don't know. I don't even want to elaborate where you could maybe stick your heel where it's not supposed to go. But anyways, that's uh, that's what Hunter Biden was doing. Or who, or uh, who knows what kind of uh, toe fungus there might be that could be transferred to places on your true. body. You don't know if those feet are clean. Where just not, it's just not a good thing, especially in the Ukraine. But uh, meanwhile, uh, Kamala Harris's niece was told by the White House that she has to stop selling her Kamala-themed merchandise online. Meet Mina Harris. Kamala Harris is my auntie. Okay to say that, not okay to sell that. White House ethics officials have explained to the vice president's niece products she was selling, like a shirt that says vice president auntie, or another that says I'm speaking, based on this. I'm speaking. I have to I'm wait. speaking. Are not appropriate. Hmm. But well, uh, I wonder what's between what she's doing and what Hunter Biden's doing. Isn't that kind of just cashing in on the name, right? No, no don't forget about Jim Biden and don't forget about what's the other, what's the other brother's name? You got Jim Biden and Frank, Frank Biden. They're all capitalizing on this stuff. They always have been. And that's why I can't, I just can't believe that the American public actually wants this guy as president. And I don't, and I still don't believe it even now, now that he is, because I know there's no way in the world that he got as many votes as Trump. It was all manufactured. The The evidence is right there. And uh, people like Mitch McConnell are weak pieces of trash that 
that uh, uh, that that will vote. You know, hey, I can understand that some of the guys saying, hey, it's we're beating a dead horse. We're not going to get anywhere with this. But to actively come out and and accuse Trump of being crazy for for passing these things off, just I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't respect it. And uh, I hope that there's enough of us people that feel like we do to put an end to this. You know, I didn't tell you this. I was in Target the other day. And there was a Kamala Harris coloring book in there. It's like like a little storybook for kids. It's <laughs> like the Kamala book. You know, I I you know I would have bought it, but I you know I actually should have just stolen it because I wouldn't want to pay money for that. But uh, but I found it curious. They're actually indoctrinating kids with Kamala Harris. Uh, 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 what what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, indoctrination. What's the word? What's the word? Propaganda. Uh, yeah, Propaganda. Exactly. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, fair for kids under 17 to know about how Kamala Harris got in uh, got into power. Uh, I didn't see Willie Brown in there mentioned at all, by the yeah, way. They, would, they wouldn't let wouldn't let wouldn't let kids under 17 in to see the movie. Um, so, uh, no, they shouldn't put it in a coloring book either. Hey, anyway, we're all out of time for this episode of the main event. So, uh, Scott, thanks for joining me. Always a pleasure. Ed. And uh, and thank you for listening to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. and I'll be back again with you next week. Opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity.